Hello, Masters in the Making. I'm your host, Mike Miller, and I want to welcome you to Simple Self Mastery. Simple Self Mastery is a self-help podcast dedicated to giving you the best in health, wealth, love, happiness, and a little peace of mind every single week. I'm excited and honored to welcome our guest today, Alexa Schoen. Alexa is a nutritionalist, mom, wife, and business owner. Her mission is to spread the word about honest, realistic, and most importantly, delicious lifestyle changes. She's a firm believer that real health can be exciting, delicious, fun, and not as complex as we make it. As a mom to three girls, she knows all about making healthy choices on the go and incorporating health into all areas of life. Her mission is helping people to create a new health style through habit formation and real food. Alexa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Absolutely. Excited to have you here. And, you know, where focus goes, energy flows. For you right now in your life, you know, where is your energy going? What are you working on? Um, I think my energy goes into multiple different places. I'm still the primary caretaker of my kids. And so <laughs> I feel like a lot of my energy is expended at home life stuff. But in my business, it really is. I, I feel like I'm just trying to make this huge transition into the podcast and really trying to help people use the power of their mind to make changes, which is kind of different than most nutrition. So I feel like it is taking a lot of energy and a lot of learning on my end. Um, but it's a really exciting venture. Absolutely. And it sounds exciting. And like, you know, I love your mission to spread the word about honest, realistic and important, delicious lifestyle changes. How did you kind of come about that? How did you really get into that field and really kind of uh, find your path there? Yeah, well, I actually went to college um, at a university, a state university here in Iowa for nutrition. And I wanted to be a registered dietitian, which was great. I went through school, but you know, in school, it wasn't really all adding up to me. Like the way our body worked and how we were supposed to make recommendations based on changes just didn't make sense. They didn't go hand in hand. And so about my junior year of college, I decided that something was really wrong with the education that I was learning. I mean, it was really great, but like the recommendation part, like just wasn't it wasn't adding up to me and I wasn't believing it. And I'm, I'm all about being real to who you are and your beliefs and, you know, not, not kind of wavering just because that's what you're supposed to do. And so I ended up graduating with a degree, but I didn't go on to get my registered dietetics licensure. Um, and so instead, you know, they kind of told me I was going to be a nothing because I didn't go on and get it done. Like I had no career options left open for me. So I decided that I would have to create my own career option if there was absolutely none available. Um, so I actually started and opened a gym. And the gym was kind of like my easy way into health where I could... Like looking back, I didn't go into it with the the perspective of like having my clients be my like experiment. <laughs> that sounds really awful now, but um, it kind of was like it became that, you know, like it became this place where I could see people who really wanted to make changes and figure out what was working for them and what wasn't and use that time while I owned the gym and worked with clients like basically strictly with physical fitness but starting to incorporate health and start to figure out what is it that works and why are we so off? You know, like I knew health was confusing. I knew that there was a lot of requirements and recommendations that never seemed to work. And I wanted to know why and what did work. So I owned the gym for a while and I was really able to work closely with people and, you know, start to see them make changes and see some of them not make changes, you know, and start to really figure it out. And that's when I ventured into more of like the holistic health side of things and eventually 
sold the gym and just started online in general. Um, and for me, you know, I just feel like I saw people so much of my life, even growing up in my own home, you know, my mom being a yo-yo dieter and um, just people all over the place who really lived for health. You know, like I saw my mom doing all the diets and it took a lot of work and a lot of effort. And yes, they worked, but only for short periods of time. And I just kept thinking life has to be more than just living for health. Like, why are we all so attached to health rather than using our health as a means to living for something more? And that's what I really want to help people do is kind of experience food freedom, but not in the way that not in the way that maybe has been promoted and there's nothing wrong with that. But my idea of food freedom is to help them to really achieve health, but never have to like use or do it at the expense of their life. Right. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times, like I've been guilty of doing kind of, you know, getting into diets for various reasons. Like you start meal prepping and you're counting your macros, for example, one way of doing it. And it becomes very time consuming and ends up becoming more stressful than you would like it to be. I mean, I know that's only one example, but how do you really approach kind of teaching that um, freedom food lifestyle where you can eat and have a balance at the same time? Like, how do you really work with your clients? How does that relationship begin and that conversation start? Yeah, you know, it's, I think it's difficult at first because it's so against the normal grain. And I think that we've become a people who believe that we can't trust our own bodies, you know, like that we always have to be doing something for our bodies or they're going to come back and bite us, right? Like if we don't watch our macros, if we don't watch our calories, like we're going to gain weight. So we've equated like not working on our bodies with bad health. But I don't think that's true. What I really believe is that our bodies were created in health and they were designed for health. And if given the right environment, our body will choose health over unhealthy, right? Mm -hmm. But most of us are just living in this survival mode of we're going so against what our body needs and wants and we're pushing it to extreme places of stress that it has no other choice but to survive. And that really, I think, is what is causing us to be unhealthy and um, have disease and be overweight. And if we can just transition our mind into listening to our body, being intuitive with how we eat and what we eat, and really enjoying that, that it really changes food from being this thing that we have to control to just this thing that we do. Um, and But like I said, that's not always easy. So you really have to break down the lies that there is a one set one plan for everyone, which we know we can look around and think like, yeah, that worked for my coworker, but why didn't it work for me? And Mm. it's because we're all so different and we handle things differently. And the only way that we'll ever know what it is that our body functions well off of is to really listen to our body. So I try to come in because everyone likes rules. (laughs) I understand that. But to create a foundation of, okay, here's some things that we're going to focus on. But from that, like these are just the foundation. We have to build off of them. So yes, we can come in and say that real foods are better and that we should eat more fruits and vegetables. But what does that look like in your life? And the same thing goes for like the mindset. You know, I think we leave out the mindset and the stress component so much. And we think like abs are made in the kitchen, which it's partly true. But the truth of the matter is, is it's all your perception of how you're eating food, which changes metabolism and everything else. So again, I think it's like this coming back and listening to your body but also focusing on the mindset of your life and finding that joy and that happiness in the process. Because if you don't like it, you're never going to stick to it. You know, like there's only so long that you can force yourself to do something before you just give in (laughs) because it's miserable. Absolutely. And that's a really Mm -hmm. unique approach to that because, and I know, and that's something I really want to break in, uh, break down some more is, 
You know, I spoke with a guest earlier on the podcast named Bailey, and we talked about intuitive eating and how sometimes, like, like something along the lines of what you're saying is sometimes your body wants something or craves something for a reason or a purpose, mm-hmm. um, and it might be because you're you're deficient in a certain vitamin and mineral. Um, but can you kind of break that down for us? Like, how do you really approach intuitive eating and listening to your body? Yeah, well, I always like to give the example of how this works by our kids. And, you know, our kids are born, like babies are born intuitive eaters. So like, if you think about feeding a baby a bottle, if the baby is not hungry, you can put the bottle in all day long, but if it's not hungry, the baby won't eat. On the other hand, if the baby is hungry, there's really no consoling it. You might be able to put a pass in for a while, but it's really not going to last that long. And it's because they're so in tune with their eating cues where us, right? You've set food in front of us. We might be full, but we'll still eat, right? Like (laughs) we've overridden all those. The same thing goes for kids. Like a lot of times I'll have parents who will think their kids are picky eaters when really they're just intuitive eaters. So there are going to be days where kids don't eat anything and some days where they can't stop eating. Some days where they eat only carbs and some days where they eat only protein. But in time, if left to their own devices, of course, without like putting a bunch of junk food and sugar in front of them because every human will choose that. But if left with healthy food, kids will make the best decisions based on their body. Um, And so studying that, and that was like one of the most fascinating sectors of learning that I got in my college education was really studying kids and their intuitive eating practices. But here's the thing, the more rules we've put on our body and the more we've told ourselves that our body isn't capable, that we have a better answer, the less we've listened to our body and the more we've listened to the rules of the world. Mm -hmm. And that really has been one of the most harmful things to our body. So how do we get into this intuitive eating, right? Like, so say you're craving sugar. Well, it could be emotional eating, right? Like I think we have to know the difference between a mindset craving and a biological craving. And I try to teach that and I probably should teach it more because there is very big difference, right? Like if we're just eating out of emotion, like some people crave salty foods, some people crave cheeses, some people crave chocolate and sugary foods, but all that could just be emotionally stimulated. So kind of having cues based on the difference between mental or emotional hunger and biological hunger. But if you have true biological hunger for a certain food, so say like in the winter time when our bodies are dry and they're um, cold, right? What our body wants is moisture and to warm itself up. So it's often going to crave salty foods because salt helps our body to stay hydrated. It transfers minerals and it actually helps increase the moisture of our body. On the other hand, the same goes for sugar. Like when our body is trying to warm itself up, it needs energy to do that. So oftentimes it's going to signal cravings for sugar. And that doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means providing what your body's craving is often a necessary thing and producing satisfaction. But again, I think it starts with knowing the difference between the emotional craving and the biological craving. And then on either end, how you can sort through that and deal with that. Gotcha. Thank you for bringing that down because I was definitely unaware of that and I can definitely see kind of how that gets misinterpreted and misused in a lot of different ways. And so Alyssa, I'm actually going to switch gears a little bit here. Um, you know, on all of our journeys, we experience a lot of success and we, but we also have a lot of challenges and a lot of failures along the way. And for you on your journey in health and all the work that you do, what has been, uh, I'd say your favorite failure, if you have one, or how has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? 
Um, I think that my whole business has been based on failures. <laughs> and I don't mean that in the wrong way. No, like, it's just, you know, everyone's looking for the perfect solution. And I just think that there's no boxed approach to how a business should be ran. Um, because it's all going to be a little bit different, kind of like our body, like we can't put a boxed approach. So are you asking this question based on like business, like in my business, or based on what I've learned health wise? You can answer it however you like. I'm really just looking okay. to see where you've really grown and taken lessons from your experience. Yeah. Okay. So I think this goes in both ways. I think I did this with my body and in my business. So I'll give you a business example. So early on in my online career, I decided to put together this course because online courses were like the way of the future and you know you could do all this. So I did all this webinar and all this stuff. Like I did the perfect system and it totally bombed. <laughs> like it bombed wow. bad. And I took it was a really big failure for me because I put in a lot of time and a lot of uh, resources and I paid for a lot of resources and it really didn't go well. And this is like the first like fall on my face moment of that went really terribly wrong. Um, but rather than letting it get the best of me, right? What I learned in that was that I wasn't true to who I was. Like I was trying to do a system based on what I thought other people were doing that worked for them, what they told me was working for them. And I thought surely it was going to work for me, right? So I put myself into this like business box and it failed. And then I felt miserable and it was hard to pick myself back up. So what have I learned from that? How did that become like the greatest thing that could have happened is just learning about being true to who I am. You know, like when I take the me out of my business, there's, you know, like it, it lacks, right? right? Like people come for that trust and for that relationship. And when you take that out, they notice that. And so being true to who I am and true to what other people want. So rather than looking at the numbers, I'm looking at the people. Um, same thing goes for like diet, right? Like trying to put yourself in a box. And I've done the same thing, you know, like after college, when I thought it was all about diets and trying to come up with that, I tried so many too. And it's the most frustrating thing when you put yourself in that diet box and expect it to work like it did for someone else, because our bodies are all different and we're all unique. I think once we start to see that less as a diet failure or a business failure and more as like our best asset to keep understanding who we are and what our body needs and what our business needs. I think that's where real growth has come for me, at least. It's not easy, though, right. but it has come. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that because it's so true. I mean, failure is definitely not easy, but I think it's necessary and mm -hmm. crucial for us to pivot and then learn those greater lessons like you just shared with us. And so, you know, I'm going to ask another question along a different vein. What has been the most rewarding part of your journey or your experience in, in health and business? Um, I think the most rewarding thing is once I was able to get to the point of really paying attention to the person on the other end of whatever I was doing to really seeing the value of how you could help them. Um, and I really think that there's something healthy about giving to people. Like I think we all we all benefit from like helping other people and giving it, you know, like doing all that. And yes, it takes work and time and failure and all those other things. But I think that there is like that's got to be the most rewarding thing is to see on the other side of failure and on the other side of all the numbers and even, you know, with social media, everyone's so focused about the number of likes and other things, right. but to really like look at the person on the other side and think like that is a real human with real feelings and a real need. And you could help just one person. Right. Um, and so transitioning more into that has been so fulfilling. 
Uh, because numbers, it's like going to a, like a number on the scale, right? Like people want to lose weight and get to a certain number. And nine times out of 10, that number never satisfies them. Like it never brings them the happiness that they think. It never is enough. And it's the same thing with numbers in a business. Like they're never going to be enough. But what is enough? And I think um, that's what has been the greatest success in my business so far is really trying to focus on on the person. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. Very worthwhile. Um, thing to strive for and Alexa you know we're approaching home plate are you ready for what I like to call the moment of mastery where you can share tips resources and insights directly to our listeners sure cool. why not <laughs> <laughs> what is one daily habit that contributes to your personal success uh I think for me it's journaling um, and I'm not even a writer. And for me to even tell you that I have a journal is just really ridiculous. But I feel like a space to like kind of do a brain dump and get things off my mind and kind of come up with ideas and like store things outside of my mind has been really valuable. And so when you do that, you just kind of like you just said, you just brain dump onto the page, whatever comes to mind. Is that how yeah. you approach it? Okay. Yeah, usually. And then sometimes like I'll write down ideas and like basically just a journal of thoughts so I don't have to keep them in my mind. <laughs> Gotcha. Absolutely. No, I found it works wonders for a lot of people and myself included, but I'm always curious to how people approach it. So that's very cool. And when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do? How do you approach that? Um, I mean, this is a really hard one for me. Instead of beating myself up, which is what I've done for so long, I think I've been trying to take breaks, um, whether it's a break on the weekend, like taking a full day off which sounds easy, but when you're online, it never ends, right? Um, so I think every week I've been really trying to focus on having a full day off of no social media, no email, no nothing. And that helps. But when I'm in overwhelmed in my day to day, I usually just take a, a short break, <laughs> like 20 minutes. Of, I just walk away for a while and then come back to it and see if that helps. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm still working on that one. Yeah, it's tough. It's always cause yeah. it, it comes to different points and there's different approaches to that. Um, yeah, but that's really interesting. And what is one simple action our listeners can take right now, wherever they are, to jumpstart their own success and health? Um, I think it's knowing your why behind it. Like, what is it that you want to get out of health? And I think it has to be more than just a number or a physical appearance. I think it has to be a core change, right? Like, we can't we can't make true and lasting change from the outside in. It has to be from the inside out. So really digging into a why. Why do you want that? And what's it going to help you do? Um, and I think a lot of people don't know that. I think even in business, a lot of people don't know their why. You know, I think it took me years to figure out why I really wanted it and what that meant. Right. And like you said earlier, it's like if you're not really into it, it's inevitably going to like fail or fall apart right. because you're not right. enjoying it. Absolutely. It's super cool. And what is the book or books you've given most as a gift and why, or what are one to three books that have greatly impacted your life? Um, so the books I give mostly as a gift, I would say to like friends that are in this field, it would be the battlefield of the mind, um, by Joyce Meyer. I think the mindset is just fascinating and that, um, there's this whole other thing going on, but some other books that have greatly impacted my life would be, um, Goodness, I need to pull some of them back up. I should have looked at this. Okay, Shoe Dog is really good. Have you heard of that one? I have not. Shoe Dog. It's like by a, a memoir by the guy who started Nike. Oh, wow. 
That's awesome. So that's pretty cool. That one's pretty cool. Um, I like Brené Brown's books, any of them. Okay. She's really fabulous. Uh, Daring Greatly, I think, is one of my favorites. I'm just reading and getting into the wilderness one. I can't think of the exact name of the wilderness one, but hopefully someone can. Um, And then, of course, I love any health books. But like right now I'm reading um, The Power of Belief. So, like, again, going back to the mindset, I think some of these are deep books, but they're sure. really, really fascinating once we see the power of our mind and the power of what we think and how that changes things. Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to take those books you just mentioned. We're going to put them in the show notes page of today's episode for people to check out. And what advice would you give to a smart, driven college student about to enter the real world? I think it's to be yourself, to stand up for what you believe is right and follow that even when other people are trying to convince you that there's one way. I don't believe in putting anyone in a box. And I think that the more you are true to yourself and what you really believe in, the further you're going to go and staying grounded in that. I love that. Yeah. Super, super good stuff. And finally, Alexa, where is the best place our listeners can go to learn more about you and what you do? Yeah. So the best place would be my website, which is home base. And that's at simplerootswellness.com. There you can find my podcast and Instagram and blog posts and a lot of other stuff that I do on a daily basis. So yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Super exciting. Masters in the making. Go check out Alexa and her work and go check out simpleselfmaster.com. Type in Alexa's name in the search. It'll show you over to the show notes page of today's podcast for links, resources, timestamps, and an overview of what Alexa and I discussed today. Alexa, thank you for sharing your journey with all of us here at Simple Self Mastery. You mastered the mic and shared a ton of value. Thank you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's episode of Simple Self Mastery, please show your support by subscribing, leave a five-star rating, and a review. It is my honor and privilege to provide you with high-value, free content five days a week, and I'd be humbled by your support. Keep learning, keep listening, and keep working towards your own personal self-mastery. Thanks, and we'll catch you later.